0: Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 97 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and thank you for taking some of your time to spend with us today. You can follow us on Twitter, at Baseball365Pod. You can follow myself, at Justin Hughes 365 and you can follow Andrew, at AMCQ82. You can also join our Facebook group Baseball365 where we have over 2,000 members talking about baseball and right now we've been this week we've been filling up draft and hold leagues in the group. Our third admin Kang Do is filling leagues up. I think the cost is 20 bucks. If you get over there you might be able to get in quick enough to get in the league. I'm not exactly sure it may already be full but this is the reason why you want to be in Baseball365. There are dynasty leagues forming but even if your redraft is more your thing we have a bunch of redraft leagues that are being put together right now and will continue to being be put together over the next couple months finally if you would like to support the show the best way to do so is to go to itunes and write us a review and leave us a five-star rating and if you would do so we would be greatly appreciative Links to the Twitter accounts, Facebook group, and iTunes are all in the show notes. On tonight's episode, it is part one of the third base preview. Andrew and I will be discussing the ADP for third baseman from the NFBC website. And let's get Andrew on. Andrew, the question of the day. True or false? It's a true-false question. Nolan Ryan was the first player to throw a pitch 100 miles per hour in baseball in a game.
1: I was going to look it up, but I I didn't. So (laughs) I'm going to say false just because I'd rather go with the field than with with one guy. So I'll say false.
0: I don't even remember what triggered me to look this up, but I heard something that made me wonder. And it's actually true. Nolan Ryan wow. on September 7th, 1974 in a game against the White Sox. He was the first pitch pitcher to block um, break the 100 mile per hour breaker or barrier. And it was actually at 100.8 miles an hour. So he didn't just barely clear it. He was 100.8. Um, bonus question. And I think you were more likely to get this one. Uh, well, I guess I should say the other one was true-false, so maybe that's not true, but I think you might know this. Who is the record for the fastest pitch ever, and also, can you guess how fast it was? What do you remember?
1: I'm going to say, I don't know. I'm going to say Aroldis, and I'm going to say 105. I Part of me wants to say Jordan Hicks, too, but I'm going to say Aroldis.
0: You are correct. It's Aroldis Chapman. On September twenty fourth, two thousand ten, he threw a ball one hundred and five point one miles an hour. Wow, nailed it. Yeah, you were right on that one. Yeah, I wasn't sure, but the funny part is, I should or the other interesting part Didn't
1: Jordan didn't Jordan Hicks have something close to that? He had to have. He had
0: to have. I remember he was up really there. close, yeah. Um he was actually facing the son of a Hall of Famer, if if that's a good if that can be a hint. I don't know if that. I don't think you'd get this because this yeah, to, no, no idea. Tony Gwynn remember. Jr. Oh, nice. So, yeah,
1: good stuff there.
0: Uh huh. And we're gonna get on to the third base preview here. We got a lot to tackle. This will probably end up being two episodes, just like almost every position will be at least two two episodes over the course of the next couple of months. And. Uh, just like we started off last last episode, I have pulled up the ADP for the top 10 third basemen last year, and I'm going to read them off to you here. Alex Bregman was the top guy with an ADP right at about 9. Nolan Arenado was three picks later at 12. Jose Ramirez at 18. Anthony Rendon at 21. Rafael Devers at 22. Vlad Jr. at 56. Chris Bryan at fifty six, that's seventh overall here. Eugenio Suarez at fifty nine. Manny Machado was ninth at fifty nine, and DJ LeMayhew with his multi position eligibility was sixty five at number ten. What's your reaction to that?
1: Pretty good. I've set a lot of the or a lot of familiar names, you know, just kinda moved around a little bit this year, but yeah, overall pretty good.
0: You know, my reaction when I looked at that list was, yeah, I think there are a lot of the same guys, but there are a lot of guys on that list who had a down year. I mean, Bregman, Arenado, Rendon, Devers, Vlad Jr., Chris Bryant, Suarez, seven of the ten had down years. Yeah. Now, Rendon's wasn't too bad but compared to the rest, but all of uh, all those guys, their stock went down. Yeah, I
1: guess I was I was more meaning like in comparison to where they're going now.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, It's kind of a lot of you know similar. I think it's probably just because less panic from a shortened season, maybe. But yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: and no, there aren't many guys that really stepped up either on this list. So they're still all there, and there'll be some new names in this top ten as we go down it. I think. Oh my gosh, (laughs) not not as many as I thought actually. As I'm looking. So um, yeah, when,
1: when you get when you get a little deeper, there's a few. Yes.
0: Okay, so let's get started and just talk about the third base position as a whole here. I wanted to know what your thoughts are on this position and if you have a certain strategy for filling out your third base slot this year. You know, it's not
1: as much as I as I did with first base. Um, I think that it's kind of a position that. I'm just going to take what comes to me. I mean, uh, typically from this position, you're getting similar skill sets to what you're getting from first base, and um, you know, like kind of like I said before, at the, at the top of the draft, I'm looking a lot at speed. Um, always kind of thinking about batting average too, and pitching. So, uh, you know, a lot of these guys they don't they don't fill in some of that. Um, And like you know, some of these guys like going in the third third round. There's several of them we'll get to, but um, I don't like hate any of their draft prices. Like when I see them go, I think it's totally fine. And um, it's just something where you know when you're trying to get this and you're trying to get that, something has to be left out a little bit or or pushed down for you. And um, corner infield altogether. Going back to the last podcast and this one is kind of a spot for me where i'm comfortable waiting a bit so um i don't have quite as many exact targets at this position as i did it at, at first base but um yeah just kind of one of those it's letting it come to me really what it is
0: yeah i'm with you i mean we talked when i did my uh draft and hold draft with winder chris winder a couple i guess a month ago a few weeks back whatever it was and I took Aaron Otto in the third round and was really excited about it. And then I realized roster construction wise, I didn't really love it for what I ended up having to do in rounds four through six, four through eight, something like that. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm in the same boat with you. I'd rather just see what slips mostly and just take what, what, how it falls. So I am with you on that. <clears throat> okay. So the number one ADP guy is by a pretty good margin is Jose Ramirez this year with an ADP right at nine. And my question for you, do you agree with the NFBC that he is the clear number one in your ranks?
1: Yeah. Clear number one. I I think that the big separator is the speed. Uh, he's given you that, which most third basemen don't give you. So um, I, yeah, I think that's the big, difference maker he's also a really good hitter has power i mean he's a five category contributor at a position that there aren't many of those so um yeah the speed is the separator definitely definitely number one at the position for me
0: you know he's gone as high as number two in an nfpc draft and as low as 19 um where do you think he'd have to be in for you in a draft before before you're pulling the trigger
1: Probably like the ten to twelve range, somewhere in there. Um, I would take, you know, in in no particular order: Acuna, Tatis, Spetz, Soto, Trout, Trey, and the three pitchers ahead of him. So okay. I guess that puts him that puts him at ten. And
0: if everything I fell think, right, I think
1: I think with the Lindor news, I would probably move Story ahead of him. Um, just because I feel like it's splitting hairs anyways, and it's probably enough for me to marginally move him down. I'm not sure about anybody else, but yeah, somewhere in there, 10 to
0: 12. Okay. Um, that was going to be my next part, I guess was going to be the Lindor trade. And does it give you pause in taking Ramirez? So I guess it at least moves him down a spot or two.
1: Yeah, not a ton. Um, I know I made, I made the joke the other day at, He was going to go 30-30 with 30 runs scored and 30 RBI. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, obviously exaggerating there. But, I I mean, the lineup, just when you look up and down Cleveland's lineup, it's just not very good. And I do think Jose Ramirez is really good. But um, it just gets a little more concerning when you see a team making moves like that. It kind of shows that uh, they're – focuses elsewhere maybe at least on the current season so I don't know it's it's hard to move him down too much and maybe as I think about it more I'll change my mind I'm not really sure still kind of processing it It just happened you know within the last week so it's but, tough. yeah somewhere in there I because I, again I don't think it's um, I still think regardless of the lineup and I don't want to I don't want to act like Lindor just changes his value completely. You know, I mean, it's still a guy that's going to give you speed and is a great hitter. And I mean, was second in the MVP voting. You know, it's it's pretty much all there. Like I said, in a position where you're not getting five category production for the most part. So, um, yeah, like I said, somewhere probably in the back uh, back third of the of the first round, but I'm not exactly sure where I'd slot him.
0: Okay. Um, We'll just move on to the next guy then. I think that's a good explanation. And go to Manny Machado at ADP of 21.5. Machado's been pretty consistent in the home run department his whole career, but his batting average has yo-yoed the last four seasons. Uh, I looked, and from 2016 on, his batting averages have been 294, 259, 297, 256, and 304. Now, batting average is a tough thing to predict and there is a lot of luck based in it but does that inconsistency give you pause taking him in the second round
1: yeah yeah it does i i wouldn't take machado here i i think that um he's kind of closer to the next group for me that's going like in the third maybe at the top of that group i mean i think that it's comparable but yeah he's just the one that had the big year you know and um doesn't necessarily mean that's what's going to happen next year he has bounced around quite a bit with his uh not only his batting averages but his stolen bases i feel like aside from power it's a little hard to know exactly what you're getting from Manny Machado it's kind of been all over the place but he's a really good hitter. I mean, he's a really good player and obviously the lineup's loaded and having Tatis hitting in front of him is, makes it all, all that, all the much better, you know, for, for him. But, um, I probably am not getting him in any drafts this year or unless he slips to like around the two, three turn, maybe somewhere now, in there.
0: Yeah. I wanted to go into that and actually just do some position players. To see and even far. there,
1: even, even there, you know, it's like, not that I think it's a bad pick there, but if I'm taking a a hitter high, then I'm not sure I'm backing it up with Machado either when mm-hmm. it gets to that wheel. So it's hard to say. He's probably more of a third more of a third rounder for me.
0: Okay, let's just do a little him or him game and see if, how where this goes with moving down. Um, so you you're taking Bo Bouchette over him without hesitation, right? Yeah, yeah. Moving down, what about Mondesi?
1: Depends on the format. Um, obviously
0: Yeah, that's a that's a good point, right? Yeah.
1: There. Obviously, I mean Machado's a much better hitter, but Mondesi has that skill set that basically no one else has. So kind of depends on the format. I think in like an overall competition, I'm probably taking Mondesi, standalone league, probably Machado.
0: Okay. What about your boy DJ LeMayhew, who just signed with the Yankees again? Machado. Okay, and I'm just gonna keep going down a little bit. To see, um, that's
1: Ka- more that's that's more to do with um,
0: having the Mayhew lower. We'll get to that on yeah. the second base. But uh, Kyle Tucker,
1: I think that's pretty close.
0: Okay, what about Ozzy? Yeah, Albers?
1: I mean Machado's safer. I'd take Albie's ahead of Machado. I thought you and were. a lot, a lot to do with. The position. I just think he's clearly the best second baseman, or one that should be drafted at the top. So, and I'm more comfortable, I guess, waiting on this position than than second base. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Tucker. I think. I mean, Machado's safer. Tucker may be a little more exciting, but yeah, they're they're pretty close. I I'd probably take Machado, but I'm just not. I don't think I'm getting him, you know. It's like the I'm not sure the exact range on him last um, last month 13 to 31. So maybe if he hit closer to the bottom end of that, that's the 2-3 wheel though. So Yeah, I think you'd yeah. have
0: to get past that for you to take him with, with, yeah. with, with what I'm Yeah, or here. at
1: least at least to that to that turn. You know, maybe if I took Cole or something and it fell exactly right maybe but yeah it just it would have to fall a certain way I think and I just feel like there's enough people that are being aggressive on Machado so probably won't
0: be me and for the record I'm with you I think he'd have to go early third before I'd consider him I think I would consider I would take him over the rest of the third baseman I guess I should ask that is he your second third is he number two on your third base ranks
1: you know I think so I mean it's it's kind of one of those things where I, I don't get too uh, too big into rankings really anymore and a lot of it's just because I feel like everything is built around what your team needs or how you want to build your team you know like how do you rank and not that these guys have drastically different skill sets but how do you rank a guy that is giving you a ton of power versus a guy that's giving you, the exact opposite and stuff. You know, it's just, it's all context within what you need and where you're at in the draft and what you think you can replicate later on and stuff like that. So I do think I'd probably take him second because I think he's going to give you, or he's likely to give you more steals than these other guys below. And I don't think that they're drastically different hitters, really. So probably, yeah. But it's just one of those things where I feel like he, you know, ADP 21, and the next guy, not counting LeMahieu, is Arenado at 34. I think he should be closer to Arenado. I agree. Like around 34. You know, like Machado or Arenado, if, if you said you liked Arenado, I wouldn't argue a bit. No. You know, it's just, it's um it's kind of one of those things. So I'm probably more likely to wait till the next group, even though, you know, that high in the draft, you do kind of have to get your guy. Because when you're in a certain slot, it's like, You're basically taking the guy, or you're missing all of them because they're all, everybody's targeting similar players this high in the draft. So
0: I do think Machado has the ability to return first round value. I think it's there, especially being in San Diego, I think is really good for him at this point. I think Machado's the type of guy personality that when his team's winning and staying competitive, he's going to be more engaged. I don't know if it's true, if it's fair or not. I'm with you there. So the fact that he's on this exciting young team that is winning right now, and they're gonna win, they're gonna be a good team next year. How good we don't yeah. know, but they're gonna be a good team, and I think that's good for him. And the fact that they're a team that they're pretty they 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 like to give the green light with running. I think everybody on that team gets gets to run more than they would if they were in a lot of other organizations, and I think that helps them too.
1: So you don't you don't think he'd be engaged on the Pirates? Because
0: <laughs> I <No>. don't either. <laughs> no, he was. I, I think there was some of that going on in Baltimore there at the end.
1: Yeah, yeah, very
0: possible. So, um, okay, we'll move on here. DJ Lemayhew's got an ADP of twenty eight point six seven. He just signed with the Yankees. We're going to talk about all of that next week when we talk about the second baseman. And we'll move on to Nolan Arenado with an ADP of 34.5. I guess I'm going to list off four of them, actually. Alex Bregman at 39, Anthony Rendon at 42, and Rafael Devers at 43. Uh, Just like we were saying at the top, three of these four four third basemen here had disappointing years in 2020. You could actually argue all four did. Uh, Anthony Rendon wasn't quite as disappointing as the other three, though. Arenado, Bregman, and Devers—all had pretty down years. So, of those three, which do you feel most confident rebuild rebounds? You know, I feel pretty confident
1: that they all do. Actually, I—if I, I, I'm ranking the three, it's it's pretty much splitting hairs. I'd probably probably Arenado, I guess, but. Uh, that's contingent on him being a Rocky, too. Uh, if he wasn't, I would definitely take him third of those three. But, yeah, I, f- I feel like Arenado, Bregman, Devers, they're all going to rebound. I think you just have to believe in what they've done, especially Arenado and Bregman. I mean, Devers hasn't been around as long, but he's always been a really, really good hitter. And, uh just struggled a little bit with fastballs this year, but I feel like that they're all very capable of returning second, maybe even first round value and not killing your team much if they don't return the value that they're drafted in here. So, yeah, I think they're fine. I, all of them. I think these guys are
0: all good. You know, personally, I think I have, like, if I'm thinking about, like, who's, I, as you were saying, you think any of them could, and I agree. And I was thinking, which one's the most likely? Would you say to actually continue falling? And I think your answer, hearing you say that, would be Arenado, if because he could get traded, or <clears throat> the other point I wanted to bring up is he had a shoulder injury last year, and maybe that still lingers, as compared to Bregman and Devers, so I think it was more on the field struggles than it was health. Um. I wanted to bring up something about Bregman, and you're going to probably hear me say, mention this a few times over the next couple of weeks. I was reading an article. I ended up down a rabbit hole this week, and I was reading about Christian Yelich, who actually predicted that there would be a lot of really good hitters struggling this this last year. Because, And I hadn't thought about this, but it had to do with the fact that these guys couldn't go in the video rooms during games. And people who make in-game adjustments from watching those video watching video, they couldn't do that. And we'll get to Yelich because I think this has changed my uh, like this is making me more optimistic on Yelich for 2021 than I than I was before. But I think Bregman could be one of those types who could have been affected by this. Maybe maybe Devers also. I think Arenado was more injury, but. I don't know that Astros team as a whole Bregman and Altuve. I've, I've thought about how that team struggled and you could make the jokes right now. And I know people who are listening to this are thinking about the fact that they, you know, the whole video trash can gate and everything else. But I wonder if that played a part of this too, where, and we don't know, but it made me start wondering, well, maybe that's what it bothered Bregman. And we still don't even know what baseball is going to do with this in 2021. But Maybe there's something to this to where if as these players and owners meet about all the things like DH and what they're going to do with the 2021 season, maybe they'll actually open up the video in game again and that could be a good thing for some of these guys and I don't know, I just have this feeling Bregman would would have been one of those guys affected by that. What do you th- do you have anything to yeah, add to that?
1: Yeah, it definitely could be. I mean, I feel like it's something that's kind of hard to really know for sure, uh-huh. but um yeah it definitely could be the case I mean like I said I feel like all these guys are really good hitters and that could have been a factor maybe even a major factor in it who knows so be something to uh kind of follow if we have that information available this coming year
0: yeah let's say Arenado was traded tomorrow how far down to this list is he? Is does he move down past like when you look at the next tier, does he get down that low or is he just at the bottom of this tier? No.
1: No, he doesn't get that low. But he's at the bottom of this tier comfortably yeah. for me. I agree.
0: Okay. Um we'll move on. And I will say and Go I ahead. will
1: say too, like I you know, my first draft this offseason, I took Arenado in round three, and I know you mentioned, you know, you did it too. And it's really and you could say this with Bregman, Rendon, Devers, you know, however you want, because they're all similar in that they don't provide steals. They're four category producers at their best. And uh, it's just like one of those things, like I said, when you're when you're trying to take pitching high, which I'm trying to do, and you're trying to attack steals early because they dry up quickly, which I'm trying to do. When you take that third baseman that's a really good hitter in round three or wherever you take him, you know, you you got to give up something. And I felt like on the team that I took Arenado, I was like, OK, I got to get speed. I, I, like I'm chasing speed already, you know, because I took Bieber at the top and Harper and I love those picks. I mean, I I feel like they're really good picks, but it's just um, you kind of feel like you're a little short. On, uh, well, on that team, I felt a little short on speed, so I had to attack it later, and I felt like I did an okay job of it. Not great, but it was like one of those like lesson-learned type things. Okay, I need to make a couple adjustments in what I want to do early, and some of that may mean that I'm not getting one of these third basemen in later drafts, you know? But you just kind of uh, adjust. It's a team construction thing, like kind of like it always
0: is. Let's hypothetical, play a hypothetical coming off of that, because... Yeah, I'm with you about the. I'm not taking one of these guys in the third round. I'm just I for roster construction reasons. Let's say you pick 15th in a draft, and you your first two picks. I'm just gonna pick two of your guys. You take um, Trevor Bauer and Bryce Harper. All right, you're already real happy with that, right?
1: I wouldn't say Bauer's one of my guys, but sure, that's no,
0: fine. No, <laughs> um, I'm just a, a ace. Okay. Um, yeah. You, no, Darvish. I get it. I get. It. I get
1: it. Ace that's Bryce
0: funny. Harper. Yeah. And, um, third round, you take one of these power speed guys. I don't know. Who, Whit Merrifield, I don't, I don't know who you're taking right there. There's a, quite a few of them. And we get in, and one of these guys, like, let's say Rendon or Deaver slips into the fourth round. Are you considering one of those at like the 46th pick? 47th, 48th, if they make yeah, it into the fourth Yeah. Yeah.
1: Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. It depends a lot on who else is there. Um, notably what pitchers are there Mm -hmm. but yeah possibly okay and i don't and i don't think any of them are bad picks i actually think that they're good picks because i i like the the value that they have it's just constructing my team i just go a little different route or i feel more comfortable going a little different route that's all
0: yep okay now we'll move back onto the next tier, and we'll, we got Kaven Ke- Biggio, which we will discuss him on the second-base podcast. He's 56th overall. And then we go 28 picks before the next guy, and that would be Eugenio Suarez at 84, and just three picks later, Yohan Mankata at 87. Uh, do you prefer one of these guys over the other?
1: Uh, very different players. I feel like with Suarez, you know a little bit more what you're getting. And um, I think with Mancata, there's maybe a little bit more upside, but more uncertainty, too. I just – I feel like Mancata can go a lot of different directions. And yep. I don't really – like going into – a given year right now I don't really feel comfortable projecting what Yoan Moncada is going to do because I feel like everything from the batting average to the power to the speed is very volatile and I think he's a good player that has that does have that high ceiling but um putting numbers on what he's going to do I feel like it's kind of difficult right now I just feel like it could go a lot of different
0: directions so I, I want to follow up on each of these guys here and we'll start with Suarez um... Are you concerned about his batting average tumble? He hit 271 and 283 in the previous two seasons and in this shortened season he hit only 202 this last year.
1: No, not a ton. I mean, I feel like I c- you can forgive shortened season a little bit. I mean, I don't I wouldn't expect him to be a great batting average guy, but not uh not 202 either. So
0: Yeah, I would think he's – I mean, if I was projecting, I don't have his steamer in front of me right now, but I would think he – like, if you had me guess, I would say 250, 260 is the type of hitter he is, and the 270, 280 is on the high end of what he could be. Yeah, something like that's about what I would project too. We did open up the group uh, to ask us questions on the position, and our first one that I'm going to read off is from John Dean. And he asked what the ceiling and floor is for Eugenio if he's traded to Washington. And I, I'll, I'll answer this first and then I'll let you um, pipe in afterwards. But I don't think it's much different. Maybe, I mean, it's a better ballpark in Cincinnati. The lineups, I think, are not too far off of each other. I mean, but I, I think hitting, in the, hitting right behind Soto and Josh Bell's slight upgrade on that end prop maybe maybe I'm underselling that but the ballpark I think it's about the same personally what are your thoughts
1: yeah yeah I'm with you I I feel like the difference in ballpark is offset maybe by the difference in uh having Trey and Soto there so yeah. pretty much a wash I mean I do think Suarez has a lot of power yes you know I mean it's like definitely would project him for more home runs than Mancata this year but like I said, I feel like Mankata can bring some different things to the table that Suarez can't, so makes them, uh makes them both kind of interesting. I don't have either one yet, but possibly in a future draft.
0: I would imagine he's got one of the highest home run projections of anybody at this position. Like I Suarez? Yeah, I, I don't know if there's anybody who I would project over him. I'm trying he's, to think.
1: Steamer's 35. The, the bad X just came out. The Bat X projections, and they have them at forty three. So, and two forty one steamer average. I would over that. What's the Bat X?
0: I've not heard of that one.
1: It's just one of those uh, projection systems that's that's out.
0: Do they do this every year? Like I don't remember reading them last year.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's the Bat. The Bat X. There's two different ones.
0: Maybe it, not. Maybe positive they just on, on the fan difference.
1: Draft. Yeah, possibly, or they may not have been. I, I want to say they were last year, but maybe huh. not. Okay. But there's just just a different projection system. It's just up on fan graphs now. But, yeah, Steamer has Suarez for 35 and 241.
0: Let's move on to Mankata. He had the big breakout year in 2019. His strikeout rate fell from, I think it was 31 33% the previous couple of years, and it fell down to 27.5%. And he also had some incredibly good BABIP luck, which contributed to a three fifteen batting average. And in this shortened season last year, it was back over 30%, and his batting average tumbled to two twenty five. So batting average-wise, what are you expecting from this guy this year? Or really just as in general, you're saying it's hard to predict, but if you were drafting him, and you were trying to project something what what are you even trying to project
1: well i would i don't know i would say like if i was trying to peg his average for this year somewhere in the 250 range maybe yeah. with room on both with room on both ends i mean like the last 3 years 235 315
0: 225 in my so head i was thinking 240 so i i was before i looked yeah. i'm now at his I page mean, and they're projecting 250 and I, yeah i think i'd be on the 240 side yeah it's just it's really
1: tough like with mancada um real interesting thing i mean I know you had it in notes, but he didn't steal a base last year, and he didn't attempt a steal last year.
0: What he was zero?
1: He was zero for zero in 52 games played. Um, he has dropped in sprint speed the last three years. He's gone. He was 89th percentile in 2018, dropped to 71st percentile in 2019, and 68th percentile in 2020. Mm. Um whatever you want to make of that but uh i do feel like you know at this position 2018 and 2019 he stole 12 and 10 bases and i do feel like he could still steal 10 and that's that's a big deal at this position i mean there's not there's just not many guys that do that so um i think you do have to factor that in and if he does pop with like a 15 to 20 steal season, and that's that's obviously huge. But, yeah, I just feel like there's so many ways that Mankata can go. Um, I'm never really comfortable drafting him because it's like when I draft a guy, I like having an idea of what I'm drafting, and I have no clue what I'm drafting when I draft Yohan Mankata. So I just don't draft him. But it's not that I don't think he has upside because I do think he has – appealing things about him i mean the lineup's obviously great he has power he has speed even though he didn't show up last year but you know he's capable of stealing bases then at a position where most guys don't so i don't know if it all comes together i mean the upside's really high but i just feel like i don't know what i'm getting so it's tough
0: you know as you were talking about his slow his speed slowing i um brought back a memory i had and this is, has nothing to do with this, but it's still an interesting story, especially as I just Googled it. Um, in our Rotomasters startup draft four years ago, I took him in the third round. And because of that, I paid a lot of attention to him there, during his minor, le- getting up, on his way up to the big leagues. And I remember hearing that, reading an article that talked about his unique unhealthy eating habits that he had coming through the minors because you know a guy coming over from the states they don't uh, you know a lot of these guys are coming from poverty and I don't know I don't remember if Makata was one but usually the odds are they are and they don't really have this diet plan that is normal and when he came over to the states I remember reading that he loved and ate a ton of Twinkies hostess Twinkies really (laughs) yep So I just Google searched Yoan Mankata Twinkies to try to find the article, and this is what I just found at the top, and I don't remember it being to this extreme. I'm just going to start reading, quote, This may sound like an exaggeration, and it may be apocryphal. I don't even know that word. But those closest to Mankata swear this is true. One time over the course of one week, he ate 225 Twinkies. Oh my God. So during his first couple of years as an MLB prospect, Moncada once ate 225 in a week and more than once ate 85 in a week. I do remember reading that he was eating like a box a day at one point. That's crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> Dude loves Twinkies.
1: Yeah, that's definitely not the plan that you want a guy you draft
0: on and all that. No, and I mean he that's... was he was in great shape, but yeah, they I think they had some diet coaches get with him about that <laughs> whenever he was 2021 20, in the White Sox organization. So there you go. There's yeah. a little nugget for you. All right, well, this is where we're going to cut off the first episode on the third base preview. Andrew and I will be back in a couple days. I think I'm going to post the second podcast on Monday morning, so be sure to download our second episode on Monday morning and you can hear the rest about the third base position. But I'm keeping Andrew on here because I wanted to make some football predictions, and if I waited till the end of the next episode that came out on Monday... That would make no sense because the games will have already played. So, Andrew, we're gonna make some predictions for the games this weekend. And basically I wanna ask you who your AFC and NFC and champions or who's playing in the AFC and NFC championship games next weekend. Who you got?
1: You just want me to do all four right now? Uh,
0: yeah, just well just okay. We'll do we'll do one conference at a time. Okay. Who do you got basically in, as in that game, NFC. Yep,
1: I got the Rams and the Bucks.
0: Okay, get off the show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think um, you know. I as crazy as it sounds, I actually feel confident that the Rams win. I I think that they're just a bad matchup for Green Bay, and I do think Green Bay is really good. And if they get past this game. I could see them I mean I could see them winning it, but um I just think this is this is the matchup that is gonna be tough. It reminds me a lot of the when they played the Giants that year when they were fifteen and one. Yep. It's like it reminds me a lot of that game. So if they get past this, yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Rams. I've kinda of been high on them the late stages of the year and feel like this is it. So I'm pumped it's be a good game.
0: The Packers had a few games like this last year and then they had where they were going out there and winning a lot of games, and then they'd play one of these elite defensive teams. I remember specifically the Chargers last year, but I know what happened a couple times where they just got smoked. I think the Niners were the other one where they just got smoked. They could not do anything offensively and were just beaten up. So I could totally see that, but it's also my team. It's also going to be very cold, and I have all the confidence in the world. Jared Goff can screw this game up for them. I know you do too. Oh, he definitely. Can. <laughs> I can think I we know. should make a wager off this. I think we should get this as a 365 wager then, hearing you say that just because it's my team, I've got to take the Packers and you said confidently. So let's you make a the- let's make a bet on this one. All
1: right, whatever. <laughs> they don't I like know, that. I'm the underdog here, but hey, I'll I'll take it. I fine. took
0: the Eric Hosmer underdog last week to <laughs> over gold. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that cuz you did take Josh Bell who's even later. I was wanting you to okay. What do
1: you got? In the what do you got in the Bucks Saints games?
0: Hmm, I think it's a pick'em. I really, I. I'm taking the
1: Bucks, but I'm not confident.
0: No, I I don't feel confident in either one. I think both of them have the potential to be real good games. It's funny, you're most confident in the sixth seed of all the winners, and I get it. Don't those seeds mean nothing? When well, you out of those
1: playoffs. two, out of those two games, I just yeah
0: but... yeah um. Just to be different, I'll take the Saints. But I, again, I think it's a coin toss, and I don't yeah. know how. Com- I, yeah, I, probably. If I really had to put money down, I think I'd take the Bucks. So never mind. I'm taking the Bucks. I can't do that. All right, AFC. So you Ch- got Packers and Bucks. Packers and Bucks. You've got Rams and Bucks. Yeah. AFC Championship. Who's the Who's the matchup?
1: I've got the Chiefs and the Ravens. And I think that the I think that the Ravens and Bills is like a that's the a coin flip to me too. Yes. I I'm a total coin flip. I Ravens are hot. I'm just going with them. Buffalo's hot too though. I mean they're both they're both really good. I think Ravens defense is a little bit better. So go with them, but not confident. And I I actually think that there's a there's a script where the Chiefs could lose. Like the the Browns have they can run the ball and um if they, I think they can run it on the Chiefs, but it's a lot to overcome. Week off and Arrowhead, I, I don't know. I think Chiefs win, but I think it's, I think it's a pretty good game.
0: Yeah, I'm going Chiefs Bills. I think the Chiefs take care of business at home. Um, I'm going to take the Bills again. I think that's a pretty close one. I agree with you there, yeah. but I'm going to take the other team. And what I wanted to mention is, I posted this morning on Twitter who's playing in the AFC and NFC championship game and picked all four options uh, uh, of game options. And the AFC championship I was most shocked with. There were 54 votes and Chiefs Bills was tied with Browns Bills with getting a third of the votes. And I'm like, "Wait. Wow. The Chiefs, the Bills okay, but the Chiefs and Bills have Browns have just as many votes." and was a little confused. And then <laughs> I then I remembered I have a pretty big Browns fan following on Twitter, just because I've liked a lot of their posts and interacted with the Browns a lot. A couple of their fans and gotten on some follow trains, and I have a lot of Browns fans on my Twitter that oh, see that. So I'm like, yeah, oh. that's got to be because that's got to be what it is. There's yeah. no
1: other reason for
0: it. I was confused for about five minutes. I'm like, how Damn. did my poll get just as many votes for the Browns? And I'm thinking, I'm like, what could it be? and the same thing happened i've got a lot of packer fans of course because i tweet a lot about the packers when they're playing and packers are i mean let's see here only it's 8020 in favor of the packers on my poll and i think that's skewed because of how many packer fans are on there yeah they should be fun games though man I, yeah
1: they're going to be they're going to be really i always feel like this is the best weekend for football yep. i just it's awesome
0: it's four awesome
1: games yeah, I like all four, and yeah, it should be good. Yes, they will be.
0: And I hope some of you guys are uh, – those of you who are football fans, I hope you enjoy the games yeah, this weekend.
1: Some, some people probably turned it off already. But
0: <laughs> they... <laughs> I probably should have put that warning at the beginning, but I didn't. <laughs> so I'm sorry, guys. But we'll be back in two days. Just listen. We'll be back on Monday. We'll have a um, some more baseball talk with the rest of the third baseman and – You won't have to listen to us talk about football at the end of the next episode. (laughs) or Actually, no, that's not even true. (laughs) We talked about it a little bit there, too. But anyways, thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week with third base, or we'll be back Monday with the rest of the third base. And not long after that, we'll be covering second base. Take care, everybody. Yeah, take care, guys.